The, the good news is, is that there's enough problems out there that if you only focus on the things that learning can solve, you're still gonna have plenty to do. Hello everyone and welcome back to The Practical Learning Professional. My name is Matt Jertsen, founder and chief learning officer of Better Everyday Studios, and today I want to talk about something that a lot of people who are new to learning find difficult. And honestly, a lot of people who have been in learning for a while find difficult. I still find it difficult. It's one of the more challenging parts of what we do, and that is identifying true learning needs. You know, when you, when you first get started in learning, whether you are an instructional designer, maybe you're a subject matter expert that got put into an instructor role and then eventually became a trainer, uh, or you're an HR professional who is just kind of one of the things on your plate is, is learning, we often think of, of learning like a hammer, or we see ourselves as a hammer. And because we are a hammer, we see everything as a nail. And we have problems pointed out to us and we say, oh, learning can fix that, learning can fix that. And we just kind of bounce around trying to use what we can do to solve every problem. But the truth is, is that we, we can't solve every problem. Businesses, organizations have, have a lot of problems that maybe, maybe learning can do something, but it's really not the core of the problem. There's other things going on. And the, the good news is, is that there's enough problems out there that if you only focus on the things that learning can solve, you're still going to have plenty to do. But for that reason, it's really important for all of us to make sure that we are identifying the true learning needs and going to places, working on projects, trying to solve problems where we can actually move the needle. It's going to be better for you as a professional because you're going to see, be seen as someone who is actually getting results. It's going to be better for our entire profession because we're going to be focusing on the things that matter and seen as, as a, a field that can have an impact. And so what I want to do today is really quickly cover six basic questions that you can use to help identify learning needs. There's there's lots of complex ways and simple ways. There's, there's lots of different ways that you can do learning needs analyses and you can sit down with stakeholders, subject matter experts. But for me, if I'm sitting down with a subject matter expert or when, when someone comes to me and says, hey, we have a problem that we want to try to solve, these are the six questions that I always start with to try to quickly filter through and make sure there is actually a learning need. Okay, so, so the first question is, is really simple, and this, this is probably gonna be true of just about any project anywhere, it's not exclusive to learning. And the, the question is just, who is the audience? Or in our case, who is the learner? You know, I, I think, um, you know, we can call it a lot of different things, but if whoever you're talking to, if the stakeholder comes to you and they say, hey, we gotta solve a problem, and you ask them the basic question of, okay, I'm, I'm creating content here, who's going to see this content? If, if they can't answer your question, then you're not ready to start designing something. You really need to narrow it down because you have to have a very clear and concise answer of who the audience is. So that's the first question. Once you've identified the audience, my next question is always, what behavior are you trying to change? Now, if you've ever 
uh, seen me speak anywhere, you've probably heard me ask this question because I think it really simplifies everything. You know, we definitely are in a world where we're focusing more on metrics, we're focusing more on business impact. And so often the question will be something like, okay, what's the business problem that we're trying to solve? What's the impact we're trying to have? The, the challenge that I find with that question sometimes is that the stakeholder that you're talking to might be pretty far removed. It's not, especially if you're in a larger organization, it's not uncommon for you to be sitting down with an EHS manager who's part of a larger EHS organization, who, who's part of a larger organization above that. And so when it comes to the absolute business impact, maybe they can't tell you. But when we're talking about learning, really, we're not talking about knowledge. Remember, when it comes to corporate learning, really what we're talking about is trying to change people's behavior. And so what you want to do with this question, what behavior are you trying to change, is it helps you switch that subject matter expert's mind out of the knowledge that they have in their brain to trying to apply that knowledge out in the real world to people's behaviors. And so if you can't identify a behavior that you're trying to change, again, we're probably not ready to start talking about learning. So that, that's kind of how you hone in on making sure what you know what you're, it's targeting. You know what this course, this content you're creating is aimed at. You have an audience, you have a behavior. But that's, that's really only the first layer. The, the second layer, once you've identified that behavior that you're trying to change, you need to make sure that learning is the right solution to try to enact that behavior change, okay? And so the first question that I ask here, which is the, the third question on our list, is how many people are doing it wrong, right? If there's a behavior that we're trying to change, then that means somebody's doing some kind of behavior wrong. And I wanna know how many people are getting it wrong. We've all you know, been in that situation where one person abused the company travel policy, and so now everyone is taking training on the company travel policy. Or one person gets in a car accident, and now everybody's taking driver safety training. That's not the kind of thing we want to be involved in. Now, now that one mistake might necessitate, might be indicative of like more systemic problems, but chances are one person making a mistake is one person making a mistake. And that's really best served by just basic, you know, managers being managers and performance management of that individual. We shouldn't create an entire course that we then burden the entire organization with just because one or two people are getting something wrong. So what I'm always looking for is making sure that more than just one or two people are, are, ha are having these mistakes bef before we, we dive in with a training intervention. Okay, so those are the first three questions. Who is the audience? What is the behavior you're trying to change? And how many people are doing it wrong? The fourth question, is the process you want them to follow documented? This is honestly, in my opinion, the, the biggest hang up, the biggest red flag of saying, hey, we actually shouldn't be doing learning. Everybody, because everybody hates documentation. You know, there's so many processes out there, they're always changing. It's highly likely that things aren't documented well. But if you don't start with some form of documentation of the behavior, the process, the thing you're, you're trying to get people to do, if there isn't some web page or PDF or something that's laying down the ground rules for how they're expected to perform, well, then of course they're doing it wrong because it's never been written down what they're trying to do. And this often is where people will say, well, that's why we need the training. I try to hold, I don't, I'm not always successful, I try to hold a very firm line between documentation and training. 
I personally never want to be a situ in a situation where the training that we are delivering is the documentation on the process. The documentation is the set in stone, the approved, the thing that's been signed off, whereas the training is how do we take that documentation and make it easy for people to consume, make it easy for them to remember. That's really what learning is all about. It's not about the documentation. You don't want to be in the documentation business. And so asking this question of is the process documented is kind of a way to push back and say, make sure the the, the company has their, their ducks in a row before we start to create some kind of some kind of learning intervention. Okay, so after the documentation process, the, the next question is, do individuals have the resources required to follow that documented process? This is, this is a big one, you know. People out on the factory floor are going too slow or they're making too many quality mistakes. And I've actually been in situations where I've been asked to create training for someone, for, for the team to do a deviation from the documented process. Like we don't have the tools that the process says we need. And so let's train them on these other tools, this workaround process. Again, I don't think that's, that's the right answer. Now, if you wanna change the documented process so that you're using this new tool, great. But training shouldn't generally be used as a way to fill other you know, resource shortfalls. Find the way to have get those resources. Change the process so you can use the resources that you have, but don't use training as the workaround. And then finally, this is another really important question is, are people getting feedback when they are doing things incorrectly? And this could be lots of kind of feedback. Earlier, I already kind of mentioned the general one-on-one -on -one performance management feedback that, that a manager might give to an individual. But I think more importantly is the system level feedback. Often, especially in manufacturing companies, you know, you might have a product which passes from one department to the next to the next, and there are completely different people involved. And there might not be any feedback mechanism from, you know, the third position down the production line back to the first position. So the people in the first position are just doing their thing. They think everything's fine, but for some reason, they're doing something that's causing massive problems down the line, but they're never hearing about it. This is also a pretty a pretty common problem. And so it might just be that people don't know they're making the mistakes. In that case, again, we don't need training. We just need to tell them that they're making a mistake so that they can correct it. Okay, so, so in my opinion, in my experience, those are the six simple questions that you can use to try to make sure that you are going after a true learning need. You're, you have a true gap that learning can fill. What, who, who is the audience that you're trying to, to find? Who is the audience that you're trying to reach? What behavior are you trying to change in that audience? Those two questions will help make sure you've narrowed down your focus enough so that you can actually deliver a, a learning intervention. And then to make sure that learning intervention will actually work, you want to make sure first that there's more than just a few people doing it. You know, how many people are doing it wrong? Make sure that this is kind of a wide scale issue for when we apply this learning intervention. Is the process you're wanting to follow properly documented? Do they already know what they're supposed to do? Um, and they just need to be taught, uh, or, or do, they, do they have no idea because it's never been written down? Do they have the resources required to follow the process as documented? And then finally, are they receiving feedback when they do things incorrectly? There, there's a lot of problems for us to solve out there in the world, and I think learning is a huge part of solving those problems. But we shouldn't 
mistake ourselves. We shouldn't trick ourselves into thinking that learning is the solution to all problems. The only way that you can be more effective as a learning professional, the only way that we can raise the relevance level, raise the impact of learning as a field, is by making sure we are targeting ourselves at the true learning needs so that we can have an impact. And I think these six questions, there's, there's lots of different ways to do a needs analysis, but I found these six questions are a pretty simple and straightforward way to try to make sure you're hitting the mark. I hope these things help, and I really look forward to seeing you again on The Practical Learning Professional. Have a great day.